Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, uh, national columnist for NBC Sports, joined as always uh, by uh, Peabody Award winning Michael Shore, uh, executive producer of Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn Nine Nine. Happy holidays to you there, uh, Michael. Happy holidays to you, sir. How is everything? Everything's great. Did you notice how I introduced you as the Peabody Award winning Michael Shore? Yes, again, it's con- I'm, you're contractually obligated to do that. <laughs> my my contract but thank you nonetheless do you remember when uh you probably don't uh when larry king used to have his own radio show that's literally how they introduced every show is that right yeah they would be live from washington the peabody award winning larry king that's how they introduced every show that's the media equivalent of joe dimaggio being introduced as the greatest living greatest living ball player that's exactly right (laughs) And you know, uh, Larry King, when he is introduced, he'll do the double hand wave just like DiMaggio did, like that little <laughs> two hand thing that DiMaggio used to do. All right, so we we uh, we have a uh, we have this is our usual podcast. We have our faux argument coming up, and then uh, and then a, a very very uh, significant draft, I think. Uh, but 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 I have to say, let's start with this. Uh, we have a a listener question. Ah. Uh, that's kind of a new thing for the podcast. Uh, and uh, the question is to you. And so I have to ask this directly. Uh, a listener named Steve has written in uh, asking you, he said he has tried the Michael Shore peanut butter and jelly construction plan. Good. Is relatively okay with it. Said it was very tasty. Um, but is curious how many knives are you supposed to use? For the for the peanut butter and jelly construction, this is very controversial. Uh, <laughs> this is probably the most controversial aspect of my peanut butter and jelly construction plan. I use one knife. No, you don't. I do. I use one knife, and here's there's a couple reasons. Number one, uh, I think that it's just bad form to use two <laughs> knives to make one sandwich. I just think it's untoward and inappropriate in a sort of philosophical and dare I say, ethical sense. Ethical, sure. But number two is I'm sort of like, I'm sort of staking out my claim to both the peanut butter and the jelly. So if I get a, like, it's like, if I get a little peanut butter into the jelly or vice versa, I'm kind, it's like a warning shot across the bow of anybody else (laughs) in my house that wants to make a sandwich. It's like, yeah, guess what? I got here first. This is the way I do things. You have to bend to my rules. Wow. So yeah. you so you don't wash off the knife between either. No, I do. I do the like. I do put the peanut butter on first, and then I clean off the peanut butter by you know pulling it across the rim of the peanut butter jar. But you're gonna have a little bit of peanut butter still on the knife, sure you point, And it's gonna get into the jelly a little, and you just have to be okay with that. You just have to say like, "This is my. These are my materials. <laughs> I'm gonna be back here tomorrow doing this exact same thing. It's okay." And uh, I, there are people who will say that you should clean off a knife by wiping it along the clean slice of bread. I'm fine with that. That's okay if that's your if that's what you want to do. I'm fine with that. But I do not use two knives. I don't think it's appropriate, frankly. How, how does your wife put up with you? Seriously, I'm, I'm just curious. My wife is so uh, <laughs> is she's so far gone at this point. I mean, she. <laughs> She doesn't, it's like, she's so exhausted by the whole thing, as I'm sure anyone who's listening to this right now is as well. But now imagine, imagine dealing with this every day of your life for, for a decade. Uh, she's so far gone, she doesn't even care anymore. It's like, she, she tries to, she tries to like, ask me what I would like for dinner or lunch from time to time. And then 
while she's asking it, she just has this kind of weary resignation <laughs> in her voice because she knows that there's no point that I, no matter what, I'm just going to make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> and she's, she just lives with peanut butter in the jelly and jelly in the peanut butter. She just lives with that. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I have a five-year-old son and he eats peanut butter and jelly for lunch every day too. Uh, and so it's sort of like, she just, it's like, all right, that's your thing. You, that's you, <laughs> you and William, yes, you do that thing and I'll stay over here in the normal world. That's her attitude. Well, I, I got to respect it. I got to respect that. So, <laughs> All right. I'm glad we could get that question answered for Steve. And, and Steve, by the way, the only person to have listened to the entire podcast last time. Yeah. So, Congratulations, Steve. Absolutely. So, all right. So now we have our, our faux argument where we pretend to argue about something we don't really disagree on. And uh, this week's faux argument is about uh, the, the incredibly high scoring in the NFL, if, if, if you are following this, as I'm sure you are. Uh, two weeks ago, we set uh, an NFL record. We, like I was part of it. Mm-hmm. The NFL set a record for the highest, the most touchdowns scored in a, on a single day. That, that happened two weeks ago. And then this past week, this past Sunday, was the highest scoring day in the history of the NFL. And, and this is pretty legitimate because not every game is played on Sunday. I mean, there, there's a Thursday game. So it's only 14 games we're talking about. Um, and, and they set the, uh, the highest uh, scoring record uh, as well as the most touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. So the right. question is for, for you and me to argue about, um, is this a good thing? What do we want from the NFL? Do we want offense or do we want defense? Well, uh, I think you want offense. Um, the, the rules have gotten are so in favor of the offense. Every rule change, for the most part, in the last 15, 20 years has been to benefit offense. Sure. And it's, there's a reason for that, which is you'll occasionally hear people argue that uh, the defense is is more fun to watch than offense. Those the people making that argument are either Steelers fans or Ravens fans, <laughs> and uh, they argue that because the Steelers and Ravens have had great defenses uh, can pretty consistently for a very long time now. And there's a kind of like um, poetic nature to their argument that it's kind of the essence of great football is tough nosed run defense and and great defensive back play and great linebacker play and if the person making the argument is particularly eloquent i find myself getting wrapped up in that argument a little bit and uh, and finding the sort of beauty of that argument and then you watch a steelers ravens game and it's 12 to 7 and you're so bored you can't stand it and so despite the fact that the that there is there is a certain element of like the kind of old timey football uh, that that you know, great defense plays into uh, you know that argument and stuff. And I get it. I just don't ultimately want to watch it. Like ultimately, you want to like that cowboy uh, Bronco game uh, was so much more fun to watch than <laughs> than you know a, a twelve to seven Raven Steelers game. Uh, and you know the counter argument to that would be like, well, that game really wasn't over until there was a key interception very late in the fourth quarter. But at the same time, it's like if the Super Bowl this year is, you know, I, I'm hoping for terrible weather. I think the point of a cold weather Super Bowl is you want terrible weather. You want, a you know, a really tough, hard-nosed game and like, you know, with little snowflakes falling down because that will be really cool. 
But if the final score of that game is like 10 to three, it's going to make for an unpleasant Super Bowl viewing experience. It just, you just don't want to see a ton of punting in the Super Bowl. Right. And the, and you know, the, the most fun Super Bowls have been games where there was a lot of offense and the most fun um, regular season games are the same thing. I just don't, I don't, I don't buy, I don't fully buy into the argument that great defense makes for a more fun viewing experience. Yeah. Yeah, well, and and here's here's what I do is is uh, I just agree with you. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't think that uh, yeah, sure defense is hugely important. I don't think I don't think either one of us is underestimating the importance of defense. Uh, it's 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 not as much fun to watch a game that is very low scoring with a lot of punts, a lot of third and twos that you know get stuffed short. It's it's not. It's just not as much fun. And as we have grown to watch the NFL, as it is, it has become more and more dangerous. It's not as much fun to see guys like crush each other either. I mean, that's not that does not carry the same level of thrill and enjoyment that it used to back when you were sort of blindly thinking that yeah, these guys uh, they'll all be fine. You know, they'll all they'll yeah. all come out of it fine. And you know, I, I really do believe, I've written this, um, I do believe that what's happening is, is we are seeing a shift in the NFL. I, I think I think that the, the rules are changing, but also sort of the, the, I don't want to say the culture, I just think the mindset is changing just a little bit. And I don't think guys want to kill each other anymore. Uh, I don't think they want to come flying through helmet first and, and just like, destroy somebody's life with one big hit so i think the game is changing it's evolving a little bit and i think that's going to lead to for at least a while to a lot of offense and i think it's going to be great uh you know look i'm i look at other sports there's the nba is not fun when it's 81 79 it's just not it's not nearly as much fun um baseball i i love a one nothing game as much as anybody but let's face it we like home runs. We like offense. We like for things to be moving um, along a little bit. I mean, that's just part of what we like about sports. And all of the great games, pretty much all of them, are like the Dolphins Chargers game, you know, which is you know just bunches and bunches of points and and missed field goals and 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 you know guys collapsing on the field and exhaustion because it's so it's moving so fast. I think that's what makes the game fun. And I think that the game is going in a really good direction. I, I mean, I, I don't, in some ways, I think that they're going to have to make some adjustments. I think they're going to have to do something about pass interference. They just can't call it every five seconds or, or pretend to call it or almost call it. They, they're going to have to make some, some adjustments to help the defense a little bit. But I think the game is going in a good direction. I, I think the more of this, the better, to me, as a viewer, the better the game becomes. Yeah, and there is something there is something very sort of beautiful about say watching the Seahawks play defense. Like yeah. their team defense is so good and their cornerback play is so good and you know, there you can really enjoy it's not like it's not enjoyable. No, no. It's not at all. But what makes the Seahawks fun as a team is that they also have a lot of offensive weapons. Like they have Marshawn Lynch and now they have like you know their the one of their best wide receivers goes down and then Doug Baldwin comes out of nowhere and starts tearing it up and Russell Wilson is exciting like 
the the unexciting thing is when it's like a a really tough great defense and then like an offense that's just good enough to put like 14 points on the right. board that's that's a kind of team that I just don't find that fun to watch that's why I I really don't enjoy watching the Ravens like I, you know, and they have they have offensive weapons too. I mean, Flacco's good, and you know, Torrey Smith is good and stuff. But I, there's something about that style of play that kind of it's like the old Big Ten. You know, it's like that when you look back at bowl games from the from the olden days, it's like it's always like the Rose Bowl, like Stanford defeats Ohio State seven <laughs> three in the Rose Bowl. No one wanted to be at that Rose Bowl. <laughs> That's not enjoyable to watch that game. So. Uh, it's again, it, it you don't want to disparage defense. It's fun to watch good defense. Sacks are fun and stuff. But like you said, you know, it's a different game now. And you know, the the Patriots beat the Rams in in that Super Bowl in two thousand two with by and their their um, plan basically was you know the Rams had like five of the best offensive weapons in football, and it was like we just got to hit them so hard they get scared to run roots over the middle. And if you look at the tape of that game, you know, the safeties and the cornerbacks and the linebackers were just destroying people over the middle. They just hit them really hard. And if that game were played today, there would be like 27 (laughs) unnecessary roughness calls for hits on defenseless receivers. And again, I agree with you. I think that's a good thing. I don't think that anybody really ultimately wants to see guys get hurt and get injured anymore. It's not that fun especially the more we know about, you know, concussion syndromes and, and, you know, the career ending injuries and stuff. It just, you, you can't feel okay about watching someone blow somebody up over the middle. So I'm in complete agreement with you. This is the absolute worst around the horn fake <laughs> argument ever. <laughs> but I completely, I think we're on exactly the same page. I actually think this was the best foe around the horn <laughs> argument. It would be fun if they did this on Around the Horn and then two, and then at the end, all of the panelists just hugged each other and said complimentary things to each other about how much they respected each other as people. It would be so great. They would just, at the end, they just go, you know what? You're more right about LeBron than I am. Just yeah. You're just more right. And then they just sing Kumbaya and they slowly fade away. I'm sending them this absolute suggestion. I, I really believe that this is this is the best idea they could possibly have. So, all right, so per- perfect agreement on that as usual. And uh, so now we go on to our draft, uh, which is – how would you describe our draft this week? Uh, well, it's like, I don't know, back to basics. Is that, is that a good way to say I it? I think like, so. It's, it's the most basic possible sports draft topic we could come up with. Right. Which I think is what we wanted. I think we wanted, we were going a little out there, and I think we just wanted to bring it all back in a little bit. Yeah. So we are drafting um, sports. That's it. But we're drafting sports. Mm-hmm. I don't really think there's any more need for explanation than that. So I actually have the first pick in, right. in the draft. This, And I'm planning, by the way, on winning this draft. I, I just want to say that up front. I mean, obviously, I always want to win the draft, but I really feel like this one, it's very important that I win. Well, as always, when we get to the end, we'll crunch the numbers and we'll determine who is one. Absolutely. I think that's. I think it's only fair for us to do that. So uh, I get the first sport, which is great, because obviously we both would take the same thing, I believe, with our first pick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to choose baseball. And, uh, and, and, you know, I don't think I need to explain what's great about baseball to, to people who would actually be listening to this thing. Um, 
But but there are a couple of things that that I think are underrated about baseball as compared to other sports. You know, one of them is I, I was just talking. We were just talking about defense. The, the great thing about baseball is defense, in many ways, is every bit as exciting as offense. In if it's if it's you know a great catch, uh, a great play, a great diving stop and throw is every bit as exciting as a home run. And, I mean, there's no – it probably is more exciting. I remember when I used to watch the old um, This Week in Baseball, my favorite part was always when they would go through the infield, uh, especially the infield. They do the outfield as well. But go through the infield and show the great plays of the week. And there were all these, you know, Ozzie Smith making unbelievable plays, uh, Dwayne Kuyper, my, my hero, making unbelievable plays. And uh, that's just fantastic. I, I don't think – I mean, football defense is hugely – important and it can be as you as you said it can be enjoyable to watch but it's never I mean maybe a pick six or something but it's it doesn't really ever feel quite as as exciting as as baseball defense does a great great defensive play totally underrated part of it and then the second thing about baseball that that I love um and and has has been discussed many many times is the fact that you can go to a game and actually like have a conversation with friends while you're watching the game. I don't think there's another sport. I mean, you can do it at a basketball game if you can talk over the 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 cheering and the and the music and all of that. Uh, you can at a football game, but it's 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 not the same thing. Baseball is just to me, it's the most social of our games. Uh, it's it's one where you really do get to know all the people around you. Million reasons to love baseball. Just a couple of them, right there. Yeah, it's the best game. It it's just the best is. game. It's the best game, and you know the players get to do everything. They get to be on defense and offense, yes, which is, yes. like you said, very fun. I also love. You know, it's been around for so long in essentially the same form, but it has the feeling of a game that ha- that has had, you know, hundreds of thousands of sort of trial and error sessions. And has been distilled down to essentially the perfect game. And the thing that the thing that defines it for me is that somehow the way it all settled out is that the space between first base and second base with a pretty fast runner uh, who takes a lead off of first base that is far enough to get a good jump, but not far enough to get picked off. If that person starts running towards second base at the moment the pitcher delivers the ball from the stretch, it's almost exactly the right amount of time for the ball to travel to home plate, the catcher to catch it, transfer the ball to his throwing hand, and throw to second base for it to, and the ball and the player arrive at the exact same moment. That's amazing. And that's the result of a game that has just been played so, so many times and was like, you know, in the, you know, you go back to the 19th century and it was like, you know, it was seven balls for a walk and six strikes for a strikeout and stuff. And they're like, eh, it's a little much. And they kind of distilled it down a little bit. And it just, it has the feeling of a game that just has settled at exactly the right uh, pace and exactly the right kind of rules. Um, and, you know, the, the, it's, there is a lot of subjectivity in the officiating, obviously, but I would argue less than there is in football because essentially you could call penalties in football in every single play that occur um and it's just like if you i the the criticism 
criticisms of it fall on deaf ears to me I, in terms of how long it takes to play and, and how nothing is going on. I think those are bogus arguments. And the actual game itself, both live and watching on TV, I find to be the best, most entertaining sport. You know, and you, so. you, you make a really, really good point, by the way, about, about it being sort of this trial and error thing, because you really could see a time, I think, in the next, maybe it's 50 years, maybe it's 100 years, where, and I think about this mostly in basketball, where they just outgrow the court. You know, I mean, where like suddenly they're playing and the rims have to be 11 feet high because they've simply outgrown it or they, they have to make the key wider or they have to make the court longer. Football, same thing. You, you get the sense that, that everything is, is in place, but it doesn't feel necessarily perfect it doesn't feel like it's as good a fit maybe now as it was 20 years ago. But baseball, if Ty Cobb was, was, was spiking people, you know, trying to steal second, and, and it hasn't changed. I mean, it's like people's arms and people's speed and the delivery home plate, all of that has, like, gone at exactly the same pace so that stealing a base is still as close and thrilling as it was when Ty Cobb played. I mean, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. You've already won the draft, by the way. The draft <laughs> is over. <laughs> now you get to pick number two. Well, I'll go with football as number two. Um, well, that sounded really an excited pick right there. Well, it's, you know, it's baseball's the best game, but football is, football is incredibly fun to watch. Again, to follow up from the previous topic, <laughs> I think the rule changes have been good. I think that um, the biggest problem with football now as a spectator is a sort of feeling of, of like you're that you're morally compromised because you're watching guys play a game where there's a very high likelihood that they're all going to be hurt, which is a little bit unsettling. Um, but the actual game itself is really fun. It's a game that where um, it's probably the game where the coach has the most influence over what happens, which is kind of an interesting aspect of it. Like, you know, these guys are literally designing new plays every week. They're studying film, they're looking at tendencies, and they're tinkering with their offenses and defenses every single week to to be to design a game plan specifically to attack that next team. And, you know, they do that in baseball, too, a little bit. They, you know, all the tendencies, these guys like fastballs up, so let's throw them breaking balls away, whatever. But football is like, it's week to week a specific battle, which is really cool. Um, and it also just you know, quarterbacks are cool and wide receivers are cool. And you get these transcendent players like Calvin Johnson and, 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 you know, Adrian Peterson, you know, they spring up all the time and it's fun. It's, and you also get undrafted guys who come out of nowhere and dominate the league for a while. Sure. And, and college football is great. Like there's a, it's a totally different vibe in college, you know, when 110,000 people are packed into into a stadium in Texas or Georgia or Alabama or Auburn, whatever, you know, you get the iron bowl this year was amazing. It's it the, the potential for kind of instant classics is very high every single week in college and pro football. And it's probably the only game where even a casual fan, and this has been proven many times in the ratings for in the TV ratings, but a casual fan can watch a game in which he or she has zero rooting interest and be very happy. Yes. Like you can watch, I can, my idea of a perfect sporting event is a great NFL matchup in which I have no rooting interest. <laughs> it's like, there's no Patriots are not playing. It's like a, you know, a, whatever, a Broncos Seahawks game. 
in week 14 or something. That's the best possible three-hour viewing experience because it's super exciting and I don't really care who wins. That's a great – that's a thing that that football kind of uniquely provides, I think. Yeah, and and, and I have to grant that to football. I, I, I don't ever – even for the World Series or, or whatever, I don't ever, like, get fired up to watch baseball. I love it. I mean, it's on all the time, all summer, and I watch it nonstop, basically. But there's something about – sitting around, you know, getting getting ready for a game, uh, whether it's a college game like the Iron Bowl, uh, whether it's a playoff game, whether it's just kind of a, a good Sunday night matchup, there's a different level of energy, I think, that you feel as a fan to get ready to watch those games. Because they're rare, you know, they, they, they don't they don't play every day and, and all of the things that people have said a million times. But but it is true though. I, I think football in and of itself feels more special than a baseball game does like one football game feels like a whole week of baseball you know i mean it's 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 all packed into one thing and and football also to be perfectly honest about the game it doesn't let you down very much i mean it's if you're expecting a good game i mean used to be super bowls oh they were all terrible but that kind of ended and super bowl started getting to be pretty awesome and and i mean the iron bowl this year to me was was pretty telling because you went into that game thinking, all right, look, at the end of the day, Alabama's going to crush them. I mean, they're better than Auburn or whatever. And and you end up with this unbelievable game with this ending that you just could never have in a million years predicted. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a good sport. It's, it's a yeah. very, very good sport. So kudos to you for picking the best available. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go with I, I very, very close for me on number three. Uh, but I am going to go with basketball, and 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 the reason I'm going to go with basketball is is you, you hit this on this in in, um, in football as well. Basketball is cool on a lot of different levels, and and that's that's kind of a rare thing. Like baseball, when we talk about baseball, we're really talking about major league baseball. Minor league baseball's fun if you live in the town; it's fun to go out and watch, but it's it's not that great. Uh, college baseball cool when the World Series comes around. But it's not that great. Um, you're really talking about baseball at the highest level. Basketball and football, there's a tremendously different experience watching pro and college. Pro basketball, the NBA, absolutely just mind-boggling how good they are. The, the athletic ability of these guys, the, the way they play the game, when they're really playing in the fourth quarter in the playoffs, it's, it's, there's an intensity unlike pretty much anything in sports, just because, you know, they're stripped down, they're just wearing their, they're just, you know, in shorts and, and, and jerseys, they're banging into each other, they're huge, they're incredibly athletic, they want to win at a very high level. It's, it's just so cool. I mean, the highest level of the NBA is, is just like unlike anything else. And then there's college basketball, which is completely different. These guys are not nearly as good. I mean, there are obviously some, some great players, but a, re- a regular college basketball game, the, the quality of play is, you know, 50 times lower than the NBA, but there's so much passion in the game, so much excitement from the fans. You go to a game, it doesn't have to be a Duke or, or Kansas or Kentucky. You get that kind of feeling almost anywhere you go with a good college game. You go for me, go up the road to Davidson, or for you, you know, you go up to, to see a game at Pauley Pavilion. Um, 
you go to a game at Tulane, you go to a game at at uh, Nebraska, at Oklahoma State. There is just a there is just a feeling uh, about it because you have all of these people compressed into a pretty small area. <clears throat> they're all rooting for the same thing. The players are young and they're going to make mistakes, but they're going to just play their guts out. Uh, it's a pretty great sport, and so I'm I'm going to go with basketball with my my second pick. Yeah, I would have taken I would have taken basketball next. It's a it's a game where, uh, especially at the pro level, where there are athletes who are so good at what they do that you can't understand how you are the same species. Like you watch like what Steph Curry does or what LeBron does or what Kevin Durant does or something. And uh, I went to see a, a Clippers game late last season. It was a game where Chris Paul won the game on a layup with like a half a second left. And being up close to NBA players, it was a game against the Grizzlies. And being up close, you cannot believe how big they are. You can't believe how fast they move. You can't believe how quickly they make decisions. It's like they're superheroes. And they and you and because they're not wearing pads and helmets or like baggy uniforms like in baseball or something you really just get a sense of like these are like if if aliens came to earth and said we're holding a, a a tournament an intergalactic tournament and it's a tournament of of athletic prowess and physical challenges and you have to send one representative from your species to to perform in this tournament for the you know to save the human race you would send lebron james <laughs> you know, like, that's the guy you would send. You would send a, or if LeBron were injured, you'd send another basketball player. Like that's, there's, they're so otherworldly in their um, abilities and their athleticism. It's, it's really great to watch. So again, you've won the draft. We're now doing this. We're doing this really just for, for fun now. For fun. No, yeah. yeah. Unlike normally, we're now we're just doing this for fun. I do, I do have to ask you, how much time have you spent thinking about the intergalactic tournament? A fair amount, a fair amount. I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a debate we have in our writers' room a lot, of like who, who would you send? The, the deal is the aliens don't tell you what, what it will entail. All you know is that it, it, it involves some kind of like you know, it's, sort of, it's some kind of obstacle course or of some kind. Okay. Who do you send? The answer is LeBron James. LeBron. I don't, and I don't think that. I mean, some people have said Calvin Johnson. You know that I could see, I could see the argument for that. Or like Des Bryant was was raised, but he's too volatile. You never he could mouth off to the aliens or something and and anger them, and then they would just destroy us with a laser beam. But I think you send LeBron James, I, and and I and my argument is that if you don't send LeBron, you send it. You you definitely are sending an NBA player of some kind. You you would not send Usain Bolt. What well, well because that no because because the combination of skills that like that the basketball players have like you know obviously if. If the intergalactic obstacle course survival tournament turns out to be purely speed based, you'd want Usain Bolt there. But what if it's you know what if it's a combination of hand eye coordination and you know uh, and decision making and all that sort of stuff? You don't know what he could be great, but your best chance for survival at that point is to have a basketball player. I think. I, um, I'm now going to think about this for the rest of the month. That's it. Yeah, that's that's it's all. A great question. It is a great question. So for my second pick, this is tough, but I'm going to go with soccer. Okay. European football. Um, the fun of the game is its purity, and it's um, it's the only game where a, that where like the usual outcome is that a team scores one time, and <laughs> a lot of people 
you know, in the culture, in the American culture, that is a very foreign concept, quite literally a foreign concept. Um, but the goals in soccer are so exciting. Each one of them is sort of an individual precious jewel that you can uh, admire and appreciate. And if you're watching a soccer game, a soccer match, and a, a goal is scored, you can back up like eight minutes and you can you can really see how it takes a long time for these things to develop and following it and having the feeling of like a team, you know, a buildup, an offensive buildup of a team and seeing how they put the pieces together and then rewinding and watching their, the passing and the kind of coordination, the silent coordination of the team. It's, a, it's an amazing thing of beauty. And, you know, in a, in a slightly, in a world where, the intergalactic survival tournament doesn't require height <laughs> or strength. You might send Messi. Sure. Like he might, he might be the guy that you bank on because transcendent soccer players are so good at what they do. It's uh, it's impossible to understand how they're doing what they're doing. And that's true. There's a lot of guys. Luis Suarez is like that now um, at times for Liverpool and, and Messi and obviously Ronaldo, like they're the, watching these guys play is is truly mind-blowing and the game itself is so basic it's so so basic it's just a big field there's very few rules basically you can't trip people or shove them <laughs> and that's about it and you can't be uh, between the goal you know, there have to be two people between the goal and you when the ball is passed to you and that's about it and you know the the it's very old-timey you know, the reps are just, they have a watch and they kind of tell you when they think the game's over. And that's that's sort of, you just have to deal with that. The clock never stops. It's just, it's a very, very, very simple game. And it's very simple and beautiful and elegant. And um, I think it's, you know, I, this, this has been said many times over the last 50 years, but it feels to me like it's breaking through in America in a way that it maybe hasn't ever before. And I hope that's true because it's a great game. Um, it's also true that you can watch an entire soccer match and you're done in like, you know, an hour and 50 minutes. And, uh, it's, th that makes for, a, uh, its own kind of fun viewing experience. So, um, I don't know. I, I, soccer is my number two. That's a, it's a great choice. I actually, the, the, that was, that was the close one for me was yeah. between basketball and soccer. Um, so much fun, by the way, how bad would you feel if you entered that intergalactic tournament and then they said, okay, you can't use your hands. And you've sent LeBron. <laughs> you had, oh, you just, that would be terrible. Um, yeah. The thing I love about soccer, I mean, the, there are a million things I love about it. And, and, and by the way, I agree with you. I tend to think of it as I enjoy soccer at the highest level. I cannot say that that's something that crosses over for me. I mean, I, I, I think that MLS is getting a lot better. But for me, it's still... Premier League, Champions League, World Cup. That at that level, it's 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 amazing. And below that, it's not as much fun for me as a as a viewer. But but the thing I find miraculous about it is, and I, I've written this: if you told somebody, "Here's the deal: you need to move the ball from here all the way to the other side. You can't use your hands, and they can just kick it away from you at any time. They've got eleven guys too." And they can yeah. kick it away from you at any time. And by the way, you can't get behind them, all their defenders. Uh, you have to have at least one defender and the goalie uh, in front of you when the ball is passed to you or, or it doesn't count. You would say it is impossible to score a goal. It is literally yeah. humanly impossible to score a goal. And 
the imagination it takes to, to score goals. It's, it is, I, I just think it's so much fun and I, not to give NBC a, a plug here, but I just think the premier league this year has been such a blast to watch. It's just every Saturday morning. Now that's my thing is just, is just watching the premier league and, and, uh, I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, the other thing I'll say is that the, the best possible situation you can be in in soccer is that you have a, a, a penalty in the box and you get a penalty kick, right? Right. And when you see the player approach for the penalty kick, it both seems impossible that the goalie will stop the ball <laughs> and impossible that the kicker will be able to score a goal. I don't know how that's possible. When you see the, each angle from behind the the guy taking the kick and from behind the goal, both outcomes seem impossible. <laughs> and I, I think that's a, the essence of the beauty of soccer. I got to say, I actually got to uh, kick um, a few penalty kicks against uh, Tony Mioli. Miola, oh, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, that was for a, for a column I did. And uh, I got to tell you, when you're on the pitch um, and, and the ball is there and, and you're looking at the goal, it, it, there's no way that guy can stop. I mean, he's so close to you. You just yeah. have no – it's hard to comprehend just how close. You feel like you're right on top of the goal. And I'm, he doesn't know which way I'm kicking it. There's no way. I think, by the way, that's one of the most exciting things. All the sports is is a, a, a goalie stopping uh, a, a penalty kick. It's, yeah. it's, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Okay. Great choice for, for number two. My number three pick – um, I kind of feel like I have to, based on our last podcast, uh, is tennis. Um, I actually was uh, very, very close to choosing another sport, but I kind of feel like since I gave such an amazing uh, uh, pitch to the tennis channel last week, um, that I kind of feel like I have to go with tennis. Tennis is an amazing sport. I, I don't. It, it's it's sort of the basic sport. It's just like you and me and a ball, and we're just hitting the ball back and forth until one of us can't do it anymore. So there's like a there's like a very basic feel, you know, I, I, it's been called bloodless boxing. And I think there's something to that. I love that it's one-on-one. I love that it's, it's kind of you and me and, and we're locked in some, not only physical, but mental game. And, and, uh, and there's so many things that can happen in that environment. You, you'll see guys just melt down. You'll see guys like way, you know, two, two sets up. Uh, and a break, and then suddenly something in their head snaps, and they just go, "I can't win this." I'm, and and you've seen it happen. I, I just see people like Agassi and and uh, and and well now Djokovic for sure, and and Nadal, they break people just physically, mentally, and emotionally break people just by hitting a tennis ball back and forth. Um, it's it's really just an, an amazing game, and I like it as I've said. I don't even care who's playing. That's a sport that if 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 they that they can play at a high level, it doesn't matter to me. It's it's like I can be watching the finals of 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 a women's event in in Hong Kong, and maybe I've heard of one, maybe I haven't, but I can just sit there and watch it because there's such a to me there's such a drama in the way the game is played. So my number three pick, tennis. It's a great choice. It's also a game that you can understand as a very very casual player of the game. Yes. You can have as much fun. Unlike, you know, baseball, basketball, football, um, you can have as kind of a, a emotional connection to the game as a player, as a rank amateur player, a casual player as you can as a viewer, which is always fun. Um, yeah, it's a great sport. And, and again, like at the very top levels, men's or women's, 
it's incredibly fun to watch the athletic prowess of the people playing the game. Um, it's a good choice. I'll bet that I'm going to take the choice that you almost took, which is golf. Mm-hmm. Were you going to take golf? It was actually not, but but golf oh, is right on my list. I'm going to take golf. I have never played golf really. I've I've goofed around a little. My grandfather and I used to play a little bit and whatever. And I it it's a it's a it's not a game I'm actually into as a player, but. My friend Dave has a theory about golf, and he thinks that golf is actually the best sport. And the reason he thinks it's the best sport is because there's zero subjectivity. Every other sport has these subjective calls. We've seen it a lot in the NFL, especially this year, seemingly. Um, It's always, uh, you know, a penalty is called or not called. Um, There's all these judgment calls. The, The ball is seemingly randomly placed on the ground roughly in the air where the guy's knee went down but maybe not uh there's a, there's holding and pass interference and illegal use of hands and blah 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 blah. and the same is true in basketball there's is it a foul is it not a foul well you can kind of call a foul on every play if you want to baseball has the strike zone even with instant replay you know soccer has offsides which is always a judgment call that's being made in an impossible way by a guy who's <laughs> 80 yards away from the event Golf, there's no subjectivity. There's a million rules. Some of them are insane and goofy and, uh, and, and hard to understand or follow. But there's zero subjectivity. It's, there's no, the outcomes are not based on any third party weighing in in any way. It's a, you, you have a series of things you have to do, and you do them. And if you don't do them correctly, you're penalized, and that's the end of it. And I, I'm very... Um, uh, susceptible to that argument. <laughs> That's a pretty good argument, you know. I mean, I've been my my professional teams have been on the receiving end and on the wrong end of a lot of terrible calls, and there's nothing more frustrating as a sports fan. And so, even though I don't have a particular rooting interest in any one golfer, watching the game uh, it removes an element of frustration from the event and. And that is really nice. <laughs> you know, you don't have to, you still get nervous when you watch, you know, ho- hoping for one outcome or the other, but you don't have to worry that a person is going to come in and say like, oops, you, you swung your club too quickly based on my judgment of how fast you were swinging and there's no appeals process and too bad the other guy wins. Like that never happens in golf. And I think that's a very compelling um, uh, argument. And, the, you know, the the top tournaments, the the masters in the US Open and the PGA and the British they have it it's really fun to watch them even if you don't play the game so i'm going with the golf as number 3 yeah golf is a, is a really good thing and and one of the things that i love about it is 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 somewhat on the lines of what you were talking about which is you know that it's it's basic there's no rules really shifting uh the sands at all and i think the the best way to describe that is to look at at tiger woods you know, everybody wonders, you know, Tiger, especially over the last five years, he's, he's not won a major. Can he still catch Jack Nicklaus? Is he going to, is he going to win 18? He has 14 now. And Nicholas said, when they asked him, well, do you think he's going to do it? Nicholas said, I do think he's going to do it, but he's got to do it. And that's the only sport that it's like that. He's, he's only going to win 18 major championships if he scores lower than everybody else for four more major championships, right? That's the only way you can do it. It's not like he's going to do it based on his reputation or like other guys are going to be like kind of like with Michael Jordan at the end where they're kind of covering him and kind of not covering him. And and there's not going to be any, oh, you're Dr. J, there's no more traveling calls on you ever. And, and uh, 
<laughs> you're Joe Namath. We let you do whatever you want. There's none of that. You've actually got no. to put the ball in the hole uh, in in fewer strokes than everybody else in order to win. And and that is cool. I mean, that is really really cool. That's why I don't think Tiger's going to do it because I don't think there's no concession whatsoever to age at all. There's no concession whatsoever to youth. There's no concession whatsoever to to anything. It's all. Are you going to do this? Are you going to hit the shot in the fairway? You're going to put the ball on the green. Or are you going to make the putt? That is the whole sport. So I, I tend to agree with you. Tennis is even like that. I, I, I tend to think in tennis that there are times that a Roger Federer, even now when he's clearly not the same player, um, he's won before the the match begins because the guy across the net is saying that's Roger Federer, and yeah. and that doesn't happen in golf. So I. I I applaud the I applaud the choice. It's a good choice. There you go. So, All right. So my fourth pick is what was going to be my third pick. I was very very close. My fourth pick is hockey, um, and and hockey is a sport that I don't I've I've written and said I don't have a great sense of knowledge about at all. Not that I have a great sense of knowledge about any of these sports, but but I have even less about hockey. I watch hockey purely as. Um, as a fan who is just sort of witnessing what's happening. I don't really understand the strategies. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting better at it. I don't really even know. I know, you know, the best players, but, but a lot of the other ones I still need to, you know, read up on is when, when I'm watching them. But the sport itself is so exciting. I mean, it's, it's compact. They're moving at absurd speeds, of course. You, you do forget that they're on ice. You do forget that they're skating when you watch how good they are at it. And, of course, the puck is flying at a million miles an hour. Um, it's this chaos, but the more you watch it and the more you, the more you begin to at least grasp what's sort of happening, the more you really see the organization of it and the way, that, the, way the shifts go, the way that, that uh, people set each other up, um, where the goals come from, I mean, for the most part. Um, what are really great saves and what are really sort of basic saves for these guys at that level. Um, it's a cool sport. It's a cool sport to watch. And it's a sport that to me kind of opens up the more you watch it. So uh, my fourth choice is hockey. Makes sense. I, you know, the, I grew up in Hartford, Connecticut and the Whalers left, uh, you know, when I was, I can't remember how old I was, but I, I sort of just like, I drift, just drifted away from hockey. I just never really got into it. I think if the Whalers had stuck around, I used to go to a couple of games every year and I enjoyed it and stuff, but it just never, it never clicked for me in some way. And it's hard to watch on TV and they've tried a bunch of different things of making it fun to watch on TV, but it's, I think it's very hard for a casual fan to get into. You, it's just too hard to follow the action um, on the, on TV. So it, it never really like grabbed hold of me. Um, I know a lot of very passionate hockey fans who speak very passionately about the game. I'm happy for them. <laughs> they feel that way. I just don't think I ever will. Um, have you gone out to a game? Have you gone out to a Kings game or, or something? I haven't been. I have never been to a Kings game. Uh, I haven't been. To, I haven't been to a professional hockey game since probably the mid '80s or something. So you ought to go. You ought to go to I a do, game. Yeah, I should. Uh, I did see the Whalers beat the Oilers at the height of the of the like Yari Curry, Ulf Samuelson, uh, uh, Gretzky. Oilers. I saw the Whalers beat them like eight nothing or something at the Civic Center. That was probably the highlight. It was probably like nineteen eighty four or something. So I, that was. I loved. I loved there. how Gretzky was the third uh, name that you said in that group. 
you know, Yari Curry, Ulf Samuelson, Gretzky, you know. Yeah. Yari Curry was my favorite player on that team. I don't know why. I loved Yari Curry. I thought he was great. I always thought Yari Curry was like, isn't he the hockey version of like like a gun? Isn't he like the you don't want to pass him because he's never passing it back to you? I thought he was like yeah. one of those guys that just scored all the that's all I cared about was shooting. Yeah, he was the Robert Ori of those teams. <laughs> Weird that's the first time that's ever been said. Yari Curry was the Robert Ori of those kinds of teams. All right. Hockey well, is my choice. Again, since this draft has long been over, uh, it really doesn't matter anymore. So I'm going to go off the rails here. I'm going to choose as my number four choice. And I'm going to make it. A, a, I'm about to make two insane choices. The first of which is cricket. Okay. Now, nobody, no one watches cricket in America <laughs> at all. And there's a good reason. The matches take between two and 17 years to play. And it's completely incomprehensible, and it's close enough to, like, baseball that it seems like you should be able to understand it. But there's no way to understand it. It's impossible. But it's a really fun game, and it's really – it feels like a game out of time, you know, that, a game that was played hundreds and hundreds of years ago and that has a kind of weird uh, link to the, the like, past of, of the human race – and it's a fascinating game, and it's and the kind of ceremony of it is delightful. Like the players literally break for tea in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the game. And when I was a kid, my father's parents used to have this little tiny cottage in England, in the in the middle of nowhere in England. And there was a um, a local like county cricket club uh, in Kent, where where we would go and we would watch this tiny little village cricket team. It was the it was the equivalent of like low a baseball and we used to go and we would just sit there all day we would get dressed up and we would sit there all day and watch cricket be played at a very very low level and there would be 14 people in the stands and i very distinctly remember something good happening somebody did something like kind of good and exactly one person clapped once <laughs> and <laughs> i remember thinking that's the minimum amount of response that a crowd can give for any event it was literally one person just went and that was it that was the, that was the response and that's that's the essence of cricket to me it's the quietest game the most stayed game you can possibly watch um but it's actually really fun and the and every time a bowler bowls the ball something happens and eight guys throw their arms up in the air and yell at someone and the per and whoever they're yelling at doesn't respond. And then they just kind of quietly go back to playing. It's like, it's a, it's a crazy weird piece of theater, athletic theater that, uh, that, and again, uh, you also get the other extreme is in the, you know, the big international test matches you have like India, Pakistan, or, you know, European nations and a former colony that have these kind of crazy, like historical international stakes that feel like super exciting. So it's, it's a very, very weird game and it's never going to be a game that, that gets bigger than it is <laughs> right now, which is to say not that big in the Western hemisphere, but uh, it's a delightful game to watch. I really enjoy it. I, I have a friend who is constantly trying to pitch me on, on, on cricket. He he's uh, he's very much uh, into the game and, and uh, I've told him that it feels to me like going to Stonehenge and like just going and going, I don't understand what is, why, why, not only why is, is you, what are the rules, but like, why are they doing this? None of this makes any sense to me at all. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say I was, when I was in, uh, <clears throat> in London uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I did try to watch because the ashes were going on. By the way, I could have said I went to 
London like seven years ago, and I could have said the Ashes were going on because apparently that tournament really does last yeah. like years. And uh, but the Ashes were going on, and so I was trying to follow it, and and I you know it's one of those sports, and craps is like this too, by the way, for gambling. It's one of those things that as soon as I think I got it, something happens, and I go, I don't really understand this this game at all. <laughs> I just, I just like, oh, okay. So, so basically, that guy bowls it, and he's trying to hit the wicket, and you're trying to block him. But then, no, then something else happens, and everybody boos, and I just, I'm like, what, what was that? I don't, I don't follow it at all. I don't follow yeah. it. It feels, it feels a little slow for, for, <laughs> for television, maybe just a little bit slow. I'd love to go though. I've never been to like, I mean, like a high level, not like your with your uncle or whatever. I mean, yeah. like a high level, uh, you know, event like the ashes. I'd love to go. I'm sure it's a, it's an experience, but I don't get the sport at all. No, I don't either. Uh, at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's the good. That's good though. That's good that you can completely not get something. I mean, I don't get hockey, but I mean, I kind of know what they're trying to do. Um, yeah. I will say this about cricket though. The great ones, like the greatest bowlers. If you go on, not the greatest bowlers, the greatest batters, I guess. Um, if you go on YouTube and type like greatest batters, uh, cricket, which I have done, um, you will see some amazing things. I mean, those guys yeah. are like Reggie Jackson times five, you know I mean? Like when they turn on a ball and like absolutely crush it, it's impressive. I mean, it, there's no question about that. Yeah. They also have the ability because they're standing in the middle of the oval. So they have the ability to essentially intentionally foul pitches straight back in order to score, which is really cool. Like the, the, you know, there's a thing, I think they call it the wheel where they, they show a graphic of the overhead of like where a a batsman's uh, balls have gone and they go in every single direction. And there's as much strategy in just like flicking a ball sort of back and and to the right of you uh, in order to score as there is to try to hit what would be like, you know, pull a home run basically uh, to your, you know, to your offside. And it's really, it's really cool. Like the amount of like kind of dexterity that they have when they're, when they're batting is really fun to watch. I mean, again, I don't fundamentally understand what they're doing. But what, what, <laughs> Amer- what American baseball player would be the best cricketer? Ichiro. No question. No question. Right. Cause he's kind of doing that now, isn't he? He's doing that now. It's a, it's a, he's essentially playing cricket in major league baseball. <laughs> I mean, he, the way that he handles his bat, if you, if you look at a, really talented cricket batter he looks like Ichiro like they he you know the way he's sort of like he puts the bat and directs the ball where he wants to on the field instead of just trying to hit it as hard as he can and that is the essence of cricket batting I would have I would imagine yeah you know who'd be terrible at it Joey Votto he just watch yeah, Adam, him, just watch him go by yeah Adam Dunn would be terrible <laughs> <laughs> All right, my fifth choice, and I've got a million that I really want to pick um, that I'm just not going to get to because I went with I, – I think I went a little too mainstream, but I so it is. Uh, my fifth choice is bowling because bowling is awesome. I, I don't really need to even explain the awesomeness <laughs> of bowling. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I grew up in Cleveland and, and I have my own bowling ball. I'm saying that because – I grew up in Cleveland and I have my own bowling ball, really. That's sure. why I'm saying it. It's, uh, I, I don't, I feel just ridiculous. I mean, we just talked about cricket. Neither one understands the rules. They're bowling, they're pins. You knock them down. That's it. There's no rules. There's, there's no other rules besides for that. Uh, it's the greatest game to play, and it is the greatest game 
to watch on television. Um, that's it. I, I, yeah. I'm not even going to sell it anymore. Bowling, clearly. Go go to YouTube if you haven't already and type in the words, who do you think you are? I am. Just trust <laughs> me on this. Who do you think you are? I am. And watch watch what happens. <laughs> it's it's the, one of the funniest and weirdest moments in the history of sports, um, including, by the way, and I won't, I won't spoil it, who the, the announcer making the call will surprise you. It's really a wonderful, a wonderful moment in sports history. We've watched it in our writer's room a thousand times. Awesome. Awesome. Um, bowling related. So for my fifth choice, uh, you know, I, I thought about, you know, swimming, you know, Michael Phelps or diving or some Olympic-y thing. I thought about badminton because badminton is fun and it's fun to watch badminton played professionally because it's insane. <laughs> but I'm going to make a truly, truly, truly crazy choice. A choice that I do not, I cannot back up in any way, <laughs> shape or form. Uh, but my fifth choice is team handball. Team handball. <laughs> so, you know what? That was my, that was absolutely, I have on my list, number 10, team handball. <laughs> and, and I just jumped bowling over it. Team handball is awesome. Team handball is amazing. <laughs> team handball is so fun. I mean, first of all, like all you need to know about team handball. Here are the uh, a, a recent. I just looked up a recent world ranking, <laughs> men's world ranking for for hand for team handball. Germany number one, sure, of course. Germany is always number one. Of course. And it goes Sweden, right. Russia, Denmark, Serbia is number five. Okay. Serbia is the fifth highest ranked. As of, <laughs> and by the way, Iceland is like twelve. I mean, it's. It's so great. It's truly, truly great. And the game itself is, uh, is, is insane. It's basically like a combination of like soccer, basketball, and hockey, yes, kind of. Kind of. And, and the, the actual game, it's, a, it's weird because it, it combines elements of a lot of incredibly famous sports, but it itself is completely obscure and nobody <laughs> watches it, which is kind of great. And... <laughs> And every year at the Summer Olympics, the, the secretly the thing I'm most excited for is team handballs, is the highlights. It's so fun to watch. It's such a crazy game. The ball is a really weird size. The the strategy is insane. The actual goal scoring is insane. It's like lacrosse plus hockey plus soccer plus basketball. It's I don't even know how to describe it. But I love team handball. I love that it basically pops up every four years. Uh, and that, and for the at least for Americans, it pops up every four years. It's it's the Summer Olympics version of curling. Yes, like it's the thing that you kind of get obsessed with for like four hours every four years, <laughs> uh, and it's delightful. I love watching team handball highlights. By the way, in women's rankings as of a couple months ago, Macedonia <laughs> is in, is number twenty three, <laughs> and so. It's great. It's a great sport. Team handball is the one sport out there where if you end up at a team handball game like by mistake, which is, I think, how a lot of people end up at one, um, <laughs> you go, why isn't every sport as good as team handball? It is. I mean, you don't just think this is a pretty good sport. You think this is better than every other sport that we play. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fantastic. They're yeah, just throwing the ball around and then, like, Throwing as I think there's a little dodgeball in there. You're just throwing the ball as hard as you can. There's no way for a goalie to stop it. There's, he's pointless for him even being there. And yeah. and I went to do a, a team handball column at the last Olympics. I actually went to write about uh, the English team handball team, which uh, I think they put together about five minutes before the Olympics started. They just kind of like went around 
London and just said, hey, do you want to be on the team handball team? And they said, sure. Can you catch, can you catch a ball? <laughs> they, they would actually throw balls at people and whoever caught them was on the team. <laughs> but I didn't end up doing that. I ended up doing it on this guy from Iceland who, uh, because he was awesome in every possible way. And, um, and I wrote all about him. He was like this, he's like a philosopher slash team handball player slash guru. I mean, he was like this, he's like this amazing thing. And uh, I trended in Iceland. That's how excited people were. (laughs) (laughs) That people were, that somebody had discovered team handball in Iceland. It's, it is so fantastic. You know what? I still won the draft, but you won that fifth pick. I, I, I made a mistake going with bowling. I went to my heart. I went with my heart. By the way, well, give, me, give me three other sports you, you had on, on loan just in case so we, uh, we got to them. My other three were – I measured them before, but my other three – badminton badminton or ping pong was, was a possibility. Yes, table tennis, very big. Yeah, and then, uh, and then swimming and diving were because of uh, – uh, you know again, it's purely really based on the Olympics, but I, it's always fun to watch those swimming uh, meets and, and, and the diving. Watching like a, a truly like transcendent diver is really exciting. Yes. But, uh, Team Hamble is better than all those things. It, it's better than everything, really. You should have been my number one pick now that I look back on it. I think it might have been a reach at number one. <laughs> one, one other one that I should mention that uh, was on my list is volleyball. Um, volleyball is a very, very cool sport. And yeah. the only sport you can play, like, on a beach, as well as everything yeah. else, right? I mean, like, and by the way, beach volleyball is incredibly cool. Uh, I know it's like, you know, oh, they're wearing, you know, whatever, the bathing suits, and it's all... You know, it's all sex and whatever. But these people are amazing athletes. And if, to, to, to think about it, think about how hard it is to, like, move on sand. I mean, didn't your Patriots lose a guy playing in a sand football game? I mean, that's... Yeah, very promising running back. Like, almost died. <laughs> screwed up his leg so badly. He almost lost his leg. And, yeah, it was terrible. It's awful. So, I, very underrated skill to play any sport on sand, much less to do... The, the athletic things these people do. So uh, I didn't get to volleyball, but I did have that on my list. So as always, another podcast in the books.